Welcome everyone, welcome into your super wild card weekend edition of Scout Team Sports. I am your host, Devalian, and yes, we are coming towards that end, sadly, but excitingly uh, for the playoffs, if you will. The super, now no longer just wild card weekend, super wild card weekend with an extra game, if you will, because of a seventh seed, if you will. But, uh, the schedule thing is throwing me out. But before we get into that, uh, first of all, shout out to all my subscribers. Appreciate each and every one of you for continuing to support and continue to uh, listen to this podcast. Whether you're subscribed or not, keep listening. I appreciate it. And share this podcast uh, with those who are NFL football fans. We will be getting into the NBA season once the uh, NFL season is over, as well as we'll keep an eye out on all the up various updates that are coming along I want to say first of all a shout out to and necessarily a shout out but just congratulations to the georgia bulldogs on a walloping in the college football playoff national championship as they demolish uh tcu in the championship game 65 to 7 didn't think it was going to be that bad but i did think that georgia was going to win um the biggest thing the biggest takeaway is michigan how could you not a Michigan fan at all, but just Michigan. How could you? How? Like, like Jim Harbaugh is. Look, I mean, it's nothing about the character, you know. Okay, I'm not. A, it's not a personal thing, but like seriously, he's like the Jim Kelly of college uh, of of coaching. He is the Jim Kelly of coaching. He can always get all the way to the end and cannot win. He's been to a Super Bowl, didn't win it. He's been this close to a national championship, couldn't win it. For the longest time as a Michigan head coach, could not beat Ohio State, finally gets it. And now it's like, okay, anytime when he loses and they see how frustrated he is and how jittery he gets and, you know, he's like he's like a younger version of Bill Belichick, only you can hear his voice actually when he talks. But uh, other than that, it's like anytime he's disgruntled, all of a sudden there's a speculation. He's leaving, he's leaving, he's leaving. And then it's a leverage for him to get paid more and more by where he's at. So uh, go figure with that. Anyway, we're back to the NFL. Once again, appreciate all of my subscribers and listeners. Please continue to like uh, and subscribe. Share this podcast with all sports fans. As we get into the super wild card weekend, for the life of me, I just, just don't understand why we don't keep this with Saturday and Sunday and have three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, but instead they want to do two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then a Monday night game. Go figure with that one. I get it's the TV thing, it's the money thing, but I mean, they're, p- Monday night playoff football, stop. Seriously, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, we're getting on to it. We'll go by the schedule as opposed to just, you know, AFC games and NFC games by, you know, putting them, pairing them by the conference. We'll go by schedule here. And so for Saturday, we've got starting off your um, 
and again, this is another puzzling thing because if you figure the uh, West Coast team hosting a playoff game or the furthest West Coast team hosting a playoff game would play later. And then the uh, team that has is in the most Eastern time zone would play earlier. And they've totally flip-flopped that backwards. So you've got the Niners as the second seed in the NFC playoffs hosting the seventh seed Seahawks for your first game that starts at uh, 1.30. Um, for the life of me, I don't, I don't get why they would do that. But anyway, to the game itself, you've got Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, and with his poise and, and leading his team. I mean, look, you've got to be, uh, when you come in, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, when you're a rookie, what round you get picked, you've got to be ready these days. Gone are the days of, well, we're shelter and protect you for three years. And then, you know, and even if our starting quarterback is hurt, no, we won't put all that pressure on you. We'll go get a veteran quarterback from somewhere and just put him in there, stick him in there because you're not ready. No, you've got to be ready anytime, any place. And, you know, Brock Purdy has had his poise challenged. And, you know, and it's not to say that it wouldn't show up again. But number one, they have such a great team built around him. It would re- He would really, in my opinion, have to try hard to screw things up here. He would have to try to screw things up. It's not to the point where, oh, you know, the other team's just going to be so overpowering and then he's going to get all jittery. Like, like he literally has to make, he has to want to make mistakes almost to mess this up. That's how good the Niners are as a team. They, ha- he has to literally go into the game like, you know, I'm just, it's too, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. You know, I, I want another career. I want to go somewhere. I'm be a doctor. <laughs> You gotta have that type of mentality to screw this thing up, cause they have a running game. You know Debo's gonna be healthy, you, uh, and 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 you got Debo and McCaffrey in the backfield. You got Kittle, you got Ayuk, you got you got an offensive line. I mean, you got uh, the most probably the most solid. I mean, arguably you can say between I would say between Buffalo's defense and the Niners' defense, the most solid defense you could ever ask for. And in this playoffs, I know the Eagles are good, but I, I I don't really put the I can't put the Eagles I can't put the Eagles in front of the Niners. I can't I can't put them in front of the Niners. I would say right now I would say Forty ers I would say Bills. I would say and then I'd say Cowboys and Eagles are kind of tied for third. Uh, you know, but anyway, yeah, that'll be that's interesting, interesting debate there. But um, yeah, the rubber match here. And you know what they say as far as it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. It really is. Now, if these teams were a little more neck and neck, I could see me going definitely going with the Seahawks here. If the Niners are like a four seed and the Seahawks were a five, maybe even if it was, uh, you know, the Niners were a three seed, but they're kind of a weak three seed, kind of like the what the Minnesota Vikings are. Uh, and then you are going up against a solid six seed who is very, very strong and can beat you, but it's just that they're in such a tough division. That's why they're only the sixth seed and didn't win their own division. That's not the case here. Um, you know, hats off to Geno Smith. I'm very proud of Geno Smith for uh, being the starting quarterback that he has been this season. And, uh, you know, I think they would have done even at one point in this division uh, during the season, they were in first place of the NFC West. So let's not let's not uh, forget that. And then they lose Rashad Penny, San Diego State alumni, by the way. And, um, you know, I think that was the biggest hit, the biggest blow. Second of all was losing Jamal Adams. 
the only notable star worthy, if you will, uh, player on their entire defense. Um, uh, aside from the guys, the younger guys that are coming up now, Quandary Diggs, no disrespect. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's just like, it's not, to me, it's not closed. It's not close. If you think about overall team, yeah, if you ask me who would I rather have, Geno Smith or Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, regardless of how good Brock Purdy is playing right now, I would still rather have Geno Smith any day of the week. But when you talk about the rest of the team, and that's what it's about, it's not just about a player. You know, it can be about a player and his supporting cast in, in basketball. Uh, you know, you know, the Jordan, Jordan, LeBron, all the greats, you know, they, they only need to be great and they need to have average maybe a little bit better than average teammates around them and they can win a championship back in the day or maybe you know nowadays you need a big three and whatnot but in football no you can't do that you need a whole lot more help than that you need a whole lot more help than that and I don't think that uh you know Brock Purdy has a better supporting cast around him than Geno Smith does and that's really what it comes down to so even if Brock Purdy would have make a, a mistake here a mistake there the Niners can still overcome that Brock Purdy probably doesn't even have to score a touchdown, a throwing touchdown, and the Niners could probably still win this football game like 10-7. to They could do that. They could get one rushing touchdown or kick like five field goals and win the game. They're that good. So, um, and like, I, like, you know, normally I would want to teeter towards that, that, you know, rubber match where if a team got swept in the season series, I'm definitely picking them to to win this rubber match and upset the higher seed team, their division rival in the playoffs. I cannot do that. I think it, you know, it, it would be, it would be one thing if the, the Seahawks were like that sexy pick, you know, if they, you know, but, but you go with your heart versus you go with your head. It's not even close. The 49ers are head and shoulders, a better team. I don't see if I, if they were to lose, I'd be shocked. Even with Brock Purdy at quarterback, I would be shocked. And the thing is, all he has to do is not screw up. He ain't got to win the game. He literally has to force himself to try to lose the game. All he's got to do is game manage. That's really all he has to do. He could just throw five-yard slants and five-yard outs the entire game, and they would win the football game because they'll find other ways to win. So definitely picking uh, the 49ers over the Seahawks in this game. Like I said, this game should be the later game in the day. And um, I would think that uh, Geno Smith is going to put everything he can out on the line to try to win this game. But the supporting cast, offense and defense, is just not enough. Um, and, you know, when it comes to coaching, you know, different styles and whatnot. Um, so I can't really I wouldn't really put one of these coaches over the other. I do realize that uh, Pete Carroll has a Super Bowl championship. But again, uh, you know based on these teams, even with him being as good a coach as he is, they don't have enough. They just don't have enough. So even though this is the third matchup and the Niners have already swept the season series, I am picking the 49ers to beat the Seahawks in the first game of the Super Wild Card Weekend playoffs. Next, your other Saturday game is going to be the fifth-seeded Chargers taking on a division champion whom I did not expect. I figured they'd put up a fight and be better than they were because of Doug Peterson being the coach now uh, and working with Trevor Lawrence, and I knew that was going to improve him. But a division champion, Jacksonville Jaguars, hats off to them. First of all, uh, you know, a little bit of an applause there. 
uh, very, very proud of them. Very, very proud of them, especially when I thought it was really going to come down to the Titans and the Colts again. And I really wasn't thrilled about either team, but I did pick the Colts to win this. Uh, couldn't have been further from the truth. And then it was like it seemed like the Titans would win this division just by default because the other teams were doing so bad. But lo and behold, late in the season, the, the, the Titans go on the decline and then uh, the Jaguars go on the upswing at the same time. Uh, who would have thunk it? And then it comes down to the last game of the season and the Jaguars win. Hats off to the Jaguars. Very proud of them. Uh, rightfully so. I'm just glad that Ryan Tannehill is not in the playoffs. That's that's what I'm happy about. Nothing against the rest of the Titans team. You know, you know, I hope that Malik Willis is the future for them. I really do, especially after what Ryan Tannehill says. And I hope Ryan Tannehill goes, you know, to the Canadian League and lives out the rest of his years playing Canadian subpar football. So, um, especially because of what he said about not mentoring Malik Willis. Like he's you know, like some big star that doesn't have to do anything for anybody else. Anyway, um, we're on. We're moving on here. Chargers at Jaguars. These two teams met earlier on in the season. Uh, and um, at that time, uh, to me, the Chargers were going through some stuff as far as injuries and whatnot. The Chargers have been up and down, hot, cold, hot, cold. It's been very hard to trust them. But they have come on late uh, and they have been able uh, to string together wins to the point where they clinch a playoff berth before the last game of the season. Anytime you can do that, I would say you're a pretty legitimate team uh, in the playoffs. Now, one of the things that to me is the key for them is Mike Williams. I'm a big Mike Williams fan, even though he is on a division rival team. Uh, to me, he is the closest thing to a prototype of either Megatron or Teo, if you will, that there is in the league. And the thing is, the only problem is there if he can't stay healthy. So, um, but in this game, to me, they need him. Even if it's on a pitch count, I think he has to play here. I really think he has to play because the Jaguars defense is no slouch. They're not the greatest in the world, but they are no slouch. And so they will be bringing it. They will be bringing it. Justin Herbert's going to have probably have to use his legs a little bit in this in this game because I see the Chargers protecting him, but I see every now and then he's going to have to move around and get out of the pocket to avoid getting crushed. And I don't care what you say. You don't, even if you call yourself healed up, you don't want to take another rib shot again. Even though it happened months ago, it's still, it's to me, you cannot afford another injury in that regard. So the Chargers really have to make sure that Justin Herbert does not take any rib shots. He cannot fall on his ribs. He cannot take any shots to the ribs or else they are, if that happens during a the game, they're in trouble. I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't believe that a rib shot like that heals up that quickly. And even if it's been a couple months, maybe he doesn't feel anything right now, but you cannot get hit in that same spot. If he gets hit in that same spot, it's a problem. It's a major problem. So those are the main things that uh, the Chargers need to look out for. Other things is just their defense being consistent. You know, Joey Bosa supposed Joey Bosa, of course, again, yet again, another season where he has not played the entire season, um, hasn't played an entire season, his entire career uh, and still getting paid. Uh, but like he's one of the star players on the team. Uh, but 
you know, he's got to play. He's got to be fresh. He's got to be ready to go. They need him. They need all guns blazing. I do think that the Chargers are a better team. But if there's an injury issue, if there's a, a coaching issue, if there is Justin Herbert's not feeling it in terms of, you know, his ribs are hurting, if he takes a rib shot, if Mike Williams is hurt and he can't go, I think that diminishes them because I get it. I get Parker and, I mean, Carter and then, um, and then the, the rest of their wide receiving core, uh, and just, I, I get that what they're, what the caliber of that they have is right now. Of course, Austin Eckler is going to be all over the place. You know that. Um, but I don't see them winning this game without all their firepower. I don't see them winning this game without all their firepower. If they all play, if everybody plays, I believe the Chargers win. But with all these questionables and Mike Williams, we got to know that Justin Herbert is healthy. Um, Austin Eckler, I know, is healthy. He's going to play. The offensive line, as long as the offensive line is good to go, as long as Joey Bosa is going to play, then they should be good. And so I'm going to say for the wild card game, I think they'll, that everybody will play. And now I believe the Chargers will win this game. I I do like, like I said, I like, um, I like Doug Peterson. As a coach, especially what he's doing for Trevor Lawrence, I like what they have in their wide receiving core. Zay Jones really shining in this offense, former Raider just last year, and now he's got to beat the Raiders <laughs> this season and now is a division champion with a new team. And uh, to me, he's emerged as their best wide receiver. I thought it was going to be Christian Kirk, but to me, Zay Jones is their best wideout. He's played to me this season like their best wideout. And uh, that wide receiving core. Uh, with a little bit of mix from the running game that they have, and then the Jaguars' defense, um, the, you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have the fight of their lives because I think the Chargers are much better than what they faced earlier on in the season, and so the Chargers I think are are stronger if everybody plays, which I'm banking on that they're going to have everybody playing because they absolutely need it. Um, you know, I get people might not be a hundred percent, but it's the playoffs. You gotta go. You got to go. You can't sit this one out and hope you make it to the next round and then, oh, then I'll play. <laughs> no, you might not make it to the next round like that. Uh, so you, this is this is put up or shut up time. You know, you got to do it. You fight for the playoffs for a reason. And now it's who can outlast who. That's really what it comes down to. Everybody's got talent. You wouldn't be in the playoffs if you did not have talent. But now it's who can outlast who, who can outsmart who and who can outlast who that's really what the playoffs come down to because I, I guarantee you somebody every, somebody's still hurt somebody's not a hundred percent and it's you know when the chips are down and you don't have much left in the tank who's going to overcome who's going to impose their will onto the other I think that the Chargers get it done this round I think they get it done this round and they move on to the next round but it's going to take everything they've got it's going to take everything that they got because the Jaguars, one thing about the Jaguars, they are resilient. They can be down by 14, maybe even 17 points as the Raiders have proven and still come back. Now, maybe that's just the Raiders that you can do that against. And I'm not surprised, but yeah, I'm taking shots of my own team and what, but it's still proven that they can do that. So even if they're at home, which they will be, and they're down 14 points, I wouldn't put it past them to make a comeback, but I think the Chargers will hold on by at least a field goal, probably at most a field goal, and the Chargers will win this football game. I just think they have more if everybody plays. Uh, 
I think their defense will bring more pressure and give um, Trevor Lawrence a much harder time than the Jaguars D will give the will give Justin Herbert because if Justin Herbert has all his weapons available, if he has all his weapons available, then he I think he'll win. I think he'll pick apart the defense. It won't be easy at first, but eventually as time wears down, especially in the second half, I think he'll start to pick them apart, apart just enough to get enough touchdowns. Uh, I'm seeing this is probably like a high 20s game. I'm seeing maybe something like a 28-24 or maybe like a 30-27-ish. to 27-ish. That's what I'm going for with this game. Uh, the Niners, um, it's probably going to be a blowout, I think. It's probably going to be a blowout. But uh, with this one, I see a three-point win for the Chargers. Like I said, 20 or three to four point win, 28, 24, 30 to 27 ish. But I'm picking the Chargers to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And right then and there, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with the bulk of the rest of our predictions and analysis for this super wild card weekend in the 2022 2023 NFL playoffs. Uh, I am your host, Devalian. This is Scout Team Sports. Be back in a minute. Scout Team Sports, and we're back in it to win it. Yes, we are. Beating up all those other sportscasters out there. Yes, right. I'm calling you out. All of you. All you sportscasters out there. All you podcasters. Challenging all of you to uh, shoots and ladders and, and, and tiddlywinks and sorry. And connect four. I will whoop all y'all and connect four. Anyway. anyway, we're getting back to sports here. And yes, we are the best. We are the best podcast out there in the land. And we are talking about the rest of the NFL playoffs already covered the Saturday games. We're going to get to the Sunday games and Monday night games. But first, I uh, want to say a shout out to all of my subscribers. Uh, appreciate you for rocking with me. Uh, continuing to support. Uh, whether you're subscribed or not, please continue to listen and share this podcast with all NFL sports fans and NBA fans as we get into, we will get into the NBA season once the NFL season is over and pick up where uh, they are. I am following along with the NBA, so just so you know, I'm following along. Uh, but we get into the Sunday games here. We got another rubber match for you, a couple rubber matches in total. But the next rubber match here is uh, the first game uh, on Sunday, which is rightfully so because they're on the East Coast. The Buffalo Bills hosting the Miami Dolphins. How fitting is it with these two teams? And I don't make light of what I'm about to say, but the fact that You've got uh, DeMar Hamlin on one end with the Buffalo Bills, and then you've got Tua on the other end with the Miami Dolphins. Of course, uh, Hamlin is not going to play. Even if he wanted to play, I wouldn't let him. Uh, but same can be said for uh, Tua, uh, the quarterback of the Dolphins. Uh, by all accounts, it looks like he is going to play, but I would not let him. I, again, I know what the reports say, but I don't trust the reports until... I actually see the game. Uh, teams lie all the time, and they can say, "Oh, he's not playing. He's not playing. He's questionable. He's questionable." Then he plays. Then he can be, "Oh, he's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to play." Then all of a sudden, he's standing on the sideline come game time, without his pads on. So I don't trust injury reports. I don't. So 
but at this count of course Hamlet is not going to play in my opinion I believe and I believe that Tua is going to play uh, but with both of these guys I just think it's just not I mean of course we already know that Hamlet's not going to save but I really don't think it's safe for Tua to play I really don't with his second concussion protocol this season I get it it's the playoffs I get you want to win I, I look I, I've been on the field I know what it's like I might not have been at the pro level but I've been on the field regardless and I know what it's like to want to win a championship at any level it doesn't matter you know when you're going for a title uh, you know you want to put everything on the line but now uh, we've gotten in touch with humanity on more than one occasion in this season and I just don't think it's smart uh, for Tua to play I don't think it's smart if he wants to have a future in the league uh, I would have benched him. I wouldn't have allowed him to play. Like literally, after that second concussion, um, in less than a week, earlier on in the season, if I was an offensive lineman for the Dolphins, I'd have been like, I'm not going out there. If Tua goes out there, I'm not going out there. I'm not blocking for you, dude, because you need to. I'm trying to protect you. You need to be on the sideline. You need to be not playing without pads on, and you need to heal up. We'll see you next season, and we'll get back at it and go for a title. But your life is on the line, dude. Like, this is, like, and that's the thing about the the, the Danny, uh, DeMar Hamlin situation. It was like, I get it. Like, I've been there. I've been there in, you know, in locker rooms and stuff where guys get hurt. And the thing is, it's it's one thing to get hurt. And we all understand as football players, it's part of the game. But when you get that close to death and that in touch with humanity i guarantee you the way the guys were looking around when it actually happened like some of them were thinking he's already gone they were thinking he was done not because they wanted that but because they had they they're always thinking that okay he's hurt but he gonna get up we all we're all tough we're, we're super athletes we're super humans you know, we all get hurt. We get tough. It's a rough game. It's a vicious game, but we're going to get up. You know, even if he's getting carried away on a stretcher, he'll give the thumbs up and everything will be cool. You know, even if he can't move his neck or his, his back or whatever, he's going to be all right. And then to see that, and it's like, no, that ain't, it ain't never gone that far. Wait, wait, what a minute. Well, hold on. It's like in those movies when you, 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 you know, it's a little kid talking to the, an adult you know, whatever the relationship is between the two, and a, or it's a, her a hero, a superhero, and they're like, you can't, you can't, you know, I don't want to say it, but y you know, you can't, the D word. And it's like, like they, like, I, I guarantee you, uh, football players are thinking the same thing. We hurt, we get hurt, we get this, we get that, we get broken this, we get that, we, even some get paralyzed, and it's devastating. But not, not the D word, not that one. Like, no, that can't happen. But when you get in touch with reality, like it's like, yes, you can. And the thing is, you know, with him, them having to resuscitate him, cardiac arrest, that means for a certain small period of time, he was, he was gone and they brought him back. God brought him back most importantly. But anyway, um, but the thing is, everybody's not built to, to, to deal with that type of situation, even if they are football players, even if they do understand the parameters of the game. It's one thing to get, like I said, they're all thinking, yeah, he got hurt, he's hurt, he's down, he's really hurt bad. They're going to take care of him. They're going to get the stretcher out here. He'll come to ambulance and whatnot, and they cart him off. Okay, uh, but we're going to be there to visit him. We're going we're gonna to fight for him. But dude, he could have been gone, and for a small period of time, he was. And I bet you some of those teammates was like, when they looked and then they turned their heads away, like they thought he was done for good. They thought he was. And that was something that they couldn't handle. 
Everybody can't handle that. And I don't blame them for handling that. I'm one that's going to be, that's just me because of my life, my life experiences. I'm one that's going to fight to the end. I, I'm on, I will try to resuscitate 20,000 times if that's what it takes before I quit on somebody in that type of situation. I'm trusting and believing. I'm trusting God. That's my faith. I'm trusting that I, that God give him enough chance, whatever the case may be. We're going to, we're not going to quit trying to bring him back. Not going to quit. We're going to, the time that I quit is the time that I just can't push my arms any far, any further anymore to where my arms fall off. I can't, I can to where I just can physically cannot try to resuscitate him anymore. I'm not quitting. That's just me. But some people are like, once a doctor says or stops doing something or even if the doctor tries or an ambulance or whatever, a medic tries to resuscitate, they can't handle it. They're thinking it's already done. There's, it's already gone. And they're like, whoa, like it's not supposed to go this far. I get we're all super athletes and I get it's a vicious, dangerous game, but this, this isn't supposed to happen. Even though you know it can happen, you're thinking it can't happen, right? And then when it hits you in the face like that, it's like, like, dude, some people, like, it don't matter if you're a tough guy. It don't matter if you're a football player and you got nerves of steel. When you get in touch with humanity like that, knowing that that could be you. Like, you, you don't know. Everybody can't handle that. So I guarantee you that the Bills, uh, for one, might now be the dang, most dangerous team in the league. I said it before, I'll say it again. If they have a chip on their shoulder for fighting for their fallen teammate who is technically, you know, I guess you know, the, the right term is not fallen. Forgive me if that's not the right term. But, you know, he's down and he's he can't play. But, you know, he gave his blood, sweat, and tears just like they did. And he can't go. And so they got to fight for him. I mean, you saw how they came out in that last uh, regular season game. Um, and now it's playoff time. And who knows? I think they might be the most dangerous team with that type of chip on their shoulder wanting to fight for their teammate. Uh, wanting to win for him because I guarantee you they get to the soup they get to the big dance and they win the Super Bowl he'll be right up there with them you know he's you know and I'm pretty sure they'll say he's every bit a part of this Super Bowl victory as they are I I believe that they're good enough teammates to say that Uh, and they're looking they're all looking forward to that so um, I think they might be the most dangerous team but in this case with this rubber match against the Dolphins well, even with a healthy Tua, I just think the Bills are better. I think the Bills are better. You can count in Tyreek Hill uh, and Jalen Waddle um, as far as a wide receiver combo. But outside of that, I don't think that the Dolphins have enough on offense. And if Tua is shaky at best or if Tua is not accurate, which he has shown that he is not and, uh, at times, and it's like, yeah, Tyreek Hill's speed and uh, and Jalen Waddle's speed will make up for it even if he throws the ball short. But you can't count on that all the time, and you can't count on the big play. That's the biggest thing um, as far as a takeaway for this game for me is the Dolphins, to me, they need the big play. They need the big 80-yarder. They need the big 70-yarder, 60-yarder, uh, at least maybe two or three times this game to win this football game. I don't see them methodically marching down the field every drive, scoring a touchdown against this Bills defense. I don't see it. I do not see it. The longer a drive goes on, the advantage, in my opinion, actually goes to the Bills. I know that sounds backwards, but eventually 
Tua is going to throw a pick. Eventually, there's going to be a forced fumble or something like that. The longer a drive goes on, the Dolphins are probably going to want to do quick strikes. They're going to want drives of maybe seven plays or less to get into the end zone or maybe score a field goal. And in this case, you definitely, in this regard, playoffs, you're going to need touchdowns to beat the Bills, not field goals. You're going to need touchdowns to beat them. But I think they they have to rely on the big play from Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, And then their defense, to me, I think, I don't see how Josh Allen doesn't pick them apart. I don't see how Josh Allen and Singletary and Diggs and company and the rest of that offense don't pick the Dolphins defense apart. Even though they know the Dolphins defense knows them well. I think Josh Allen's going to pick them apart. And if the Dolphins uh, offense cannot match the Bills offense, it's a done deal. It's not going to be a blowout, but I don't think, like I said, if the Dolphins can get those big play touchdowns, they don't have a shot in this game. And I don't think the Bills, or maybe the Bills let one of them through. Maybe the Bills, maybe they slip past the Bills defense and get one big play. But I don't see more than one big play touchdown in this game for the Dolphins offense. And that is why I'm picking the Bills to win this football game. Picking the Bills in the third rubber match with their offense being able to score well and often on the Dolphins D. And the Bills slowing down, maybe not shutting down, but slowing down. Uh, the Dolphins offense, uh, I don't see the Dolphins having a shot in this game. So picking the Bills over the Dolphins. Next we have on the Sunday, the second Sunday game, is the Giants at the Vikings. Now, if there was going to be an upset, this is the one right here. Calling the upset right here. I'm picking the Giants, and the reason is because of the Vikings defense. The Vikings defense has been suspect for quite some time. And when you get to the playoffs, it's a certain thing that turns on where it's like you can't just win games just by sheer offense because you're not facing consistently bad teams or from the majority bad teams in the playoffs. You're facing all good teams in the playoffs, especially when you get to at least the second round. And then two, when it comes to your defense, if your defense is not stout in the playoffs i don't believe in defense wins championships but balance wins championships but your defense has to be able to play if you have to win a shootout every game every big game eventually you're going to lose one of those games or either you lose a shootout or your offense gets embarrassed like they did against the dallas cowboys and they hardly score any points now i believe they will score points but I believe the Giants will probably try to keep this in the low scoring range. Remember I said low scoring is anything less than 20 points. And if you're just scratching the surface, 20, 21, 23-ish, that's still technically low scoring. I would say high normal scoring, not high scoring, but normal scoring for the NFL is 24 uh, to 30 in that range for a good offense. If the Vikings are not able to get past 24 points, they're not winning this game. And I think the Giants will put everything they got into it, and they're going to need to. But I think the Giants get this win. I think, I, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Oh, the Giants defense is this. The Giants defense, look, I get it. But the thing is, there's there's a method. There's a very easy method in in terms of understanding how to beat the Vikings. Not that you can do it. Not that it's easy to execute. 
but there is a pretty much um, pretty much uh, better uh, good antidote for beating the Vikings. I always said if Dalvin Cook cooks, then the Vikings are in the driver's seat and they're probably more than likely going to win the game. It's not Justin Jefferson. As good as he is, it's not on Jefferson. It's on Cook in that running game. He has to cook. Now, your defenses, the Vikings are 31st, so that's the worst, worse than the, the Giants who are at 25th ranked defense, which is not much better, but it's still better technically. And I think that the Giants defense can give them the Vikings offense headaches to the point where if they slow down Dalvin Cook and they're behind and they have to continue passing in big games, I'm still not sold on Kirk Cousins. I'm not. This would be the time for him to prove it. This would most definitely be the time for him to prove it. Not just in this round, but especially in the next round when it gets harder. I can see them slipping by with him with a decent performance or average performance this round. But next round, whoever they face in the next round, you're going to have to bring it. And that's what I'm really looking forward to if Kirk Cousins and the Vikings do advance. But I'm picking them not to advance. I don't think Kirk Cousins has enough in terms of moxie or whatever you call it, bravado, whatever it is, to get past a team in the playoffs yet. A hungry team. Maybe if they were the second seed and they're facing the Seahawks, then yeah, I'm picking the Vikings. Because the, the Seahawks just don't have enough of anything, pretty much. Um, and I would still pick Geno over Kirk Cousins. But other than that, it's Vikings all day. Even with a bad defense. But you've got Saquon Barkley. you got Daniel Jones. Like I said, as long as Daniel Jones plays a clean game, he doesn't have to win the game for you. But as long as he plays a clean game, meaning no turnovers, the Giants, he can pretty much game manage with the best of them. And the Giants can win football games. They can win low-scoring football games. And again, that's what it's going to have to be if the Giants are going to win this. It's going to have to be a low-scoring game. They cannot outduel uh, the Vikings offense to offense. But even though their defense is ranked 25th, which is not good, I mean, hey, they're in the playoffs. So, you know, a lot of teams aren't in the playoffs, and they probably got better ranked defenses. So, and it's not like the Giants' offense is that great a rank. Their, their offense is ranked 18th. So they're ranked 18th in offense, 25th in defense, and they're in the playoffs. So um, with, that, with that being said, like I said, Daniel Jones plays a clean game. He shouldn't have too much of a problem against this porous Vikings defense. Saquon should have a field day. And then the Giants do just enough on defense to slow down Dalvin Cook and force force Kirk Cousins to win the football game in the air by throwing from behind. And if he has to do that, and then you double Justin Jefferson the entire game, I don't see that as a recipe for success for the Vikings. I don't. So, for, unfortunately, I think that it's going to be a win for the Giants on the road. This is the upset of the wild card weekend. I don't see any other road team winning aside from the Cowboys. Boom, we'll get to that. Um, but this is the big upset, and that and the reason why I say, you know, I kind of made that sound really passive is because the Dallas Cowboys are the favorite in that game. Um, so it's different, but the Vikings being the favorite in this game, um, I think this is where the upset happens. I think it's the Giants beating the Vikings, keeping it low scoring, slowing down Dalvin Cook, forcing them to throw the ball 
And if Kirk Cousins can't shine in a big game and he can't get the ball to anyone else, I mean, he's got Adam Thielen, I get it. But, you know, Justin Jefferson's a big star now. And if Justin Jefferson doesn't have a blow up, uh, blow up in terms of this game um, and they're not able to run the football, I think that's curtains for the Vikings. And it's unfortunate. They won a division 13 and four. A good, very good record. But like I said, in the regular season, you're facing half the teams you're facing are bad. So really, if you want to if you want to be technical or if you want to be real about stuff, you have to take about half of those wins away. You have to take about half the wins away. And I know it's oh, no, that's no, no. How could you say that? No, no, no. Listen, listen, if you are a good team. If you're a good team, we'll see it here. When it gets harder and it's hard every week. Regular season is hard, easy, hard, easy, hard, easy, 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 hard, easy, hard, hard, easy, easy, easy. That's what it pretty much is for the Vikings during the regular season. Because other t- the teams and the talent on other teams is not even comparable to just their offense. How do you get to a 13 and four record with a 31st ranked defense? It's because the rest of the teams are bad. It's not because your offense is so great. The offense is seventh, but offense alone doesn't win football games, let alone championships. Balance does. How are you able to just outduel everybody? You beat the Buffalo Bills, who I'm thinking is probably one of the best teams in the playoffs, in the in the league and in the playoffs now, and you beat them 33 to 30. You got away with one. You aren't going to get away with one every week especially in the playoffs even if you get away with one this week you try to get away with one next week against the Niners ain't happening ain't happening even with Brock Purdy the 49ers offense will run rough shot over a 31st ranked Vikings defense so once again picking the Giants in the upset here Picking the Giants in the upset, keeping it low scoring, slowing down Dalvin Cook, forcing it to be a Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson affair on offense, which won't win the football game by itself. And I think the Giants get a low scoring, hard fought victory on the road. So picking the Giants in the upset over the Minnesota Vikings. Next, we get to your final game for Uh, the playoffs on Sunday and it is of course the Baltimore Ravens who I did pick to win the division but they did not win uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals very resilient especially after an 0-2 start to the season only losing two more games and finishing the season at 12-4 with a division title and of course you know one of their games uh, taken away because they had faced the Bills and the thing with Mr. Hamlin happened. Uh, But with that being said uh, Lamar's not playing. I don't think Lamar's playing. He said, I can't give 100%. And yeah, some will say, you know, are against him because he's saying he's holding out for his money. Some are for him because they're saying he should hold out for his money. I am for the latter. Him holding out for his money. It should have been done before the season started. They couldn't get to it. Okay, fine. He goes down. He's hurt. He's got to think about his future. It's not like he got hurt on purpose. When he put away... The contract talks before the season started. He said, I'm going to focus on my teammates and I'm going to fight for them. So his mind, once the season started, was on winning a Super Bowl. But now that he got hurt, a guy, a defender came from behind him and tackled him. 
and he fell on his knee now he's in this position he has to think about his future he can't just think about it if he goes out there and something happens to his knee what if the Ravens okay the Ravens go they get to the AFC championship but then they still lose or they get to Super Bowl and then they still lose he gives it all he's got now his future is done his future is done he messes up his knee any worse than it is and he, his future is done and so it's not fair to think about everybody else and what you want as far as a fan or even another player because all them other players know they about their money too and yes they all want to win a championship but they know about their futures too they trying to get everybody trying to get paid and he's a quarterback and you know how his pay grade is you know it's different from yours but you know that you can't win without him i'm sorry i mean that's off to nick hunley for taking it uh as best he can and fighting as hard as he can but yeah he's he's not on that level and you know it's it's been proven that you know they they haven't scored more than 20 points since he's been in there so and you can you know in the playoff time no it's not gonna be enough so of course you know i'm picking the Bengals to win this game but uh you know the bigger talk is about lamar and the ravens being no more so where does lamar go and now, you know, with talks of it, it's going to be very interesting offseason because, you know, Derek Carr is on his way out from the Raiders. Um, and now it looks like Lamar's not going to be playing with the Ravens anymore because he's got to protect his knee and he's got to protect his future for wanting to get paid what he wants to get paid moving forward. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting offseason. But I think, you know, the, the, the Bengals lucked out on this one as far as having a less than i won't say it's gonna be easy but a less than difficult much less than difficult first round game to win here because of them not having to deal with lamar jackson so picking the Bengals to win here handily over the baltimore ravens in the first round and then we get to your monday night football game which sounds weird for a playoff but nonetheless we are in it we are in it to win it and i know this is going to tear apart one particular sports announcer and i'm so happy about it but anyway <laughs> cowboys at buccaneers either way either the cowboys are going home or tom brady's going home at least for this season because we know that tom brady's going to play forever uh but um yeah i i don't see how the buccaneers win this game i don't see it i don't see it you need a running game as the Buccaneers and that's the one thing that they just don't do it's like they don't even try like I I I, I would this is the playoffs I would run Fournette till he couldn't run no more at least get past this round I would run the crap out of Fournette I would make I would make everybody in that running back core you are going to run till your legs fall off those Cowboys are the the Packers proved it remember that game and other games the Packers proved it. The The Cowboys are soft in the running game and run defense. So the one thing that you don't want to do is pass all day. And if you pass all day, and that's probably what Tom Brady's going to want to do, you're going to play right into the Cowboys' hands. You're going to play right into their defense's hands. And that that that's an advantage for the Cowboys. You play to their strengths, they're going to beat you. And don't let Tom Brady take a couple licks either. Because then you know it's done. And now on top of that, they can't run the football or don't want to run the football or don't have confidence in the running game. It's a done deal. On the other side of the ball, I don't think that, you know, I don't put too much stock in, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that 
the the Cowboys offense is the greatest right now or even in top five, but they're not a slouch either. And they should be able to beat the Bucks defense. I don't see anybody on the Bucks defense being a threat to slow down this Cowboys offense. I don't see it. If they play, if the Cowboys play their best game on offense, they will win this game, especially with what positions that their defense will put them in. If the defense can get a couple turnovers and give them short fields, it's a done deal. I'm still picking them regardless. Still picking the Cowboys regardless because they're a better football team overall. But as tar- in terms of how close this game will be, that's going to de- that's going to be determined by if the Bucks offense can actually do anything on defense, which I don't think they will be able to, and they're going to be put in the worst positions because their offense will cough up the ball at the worst times or they won't run the football enough and it'll be all on the passing game. And, like you know, I like Godwin. I like Mike Evans. But the passing game is not enough anymore. It don't matter how much this is a passing league, how much you be- it benefits the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, you're not winning a title without running game and defense at some point in the playoffs. At some point in the playoffs, you're not winning a football game without running game and defense. You cannot win a football game just airing it out. The teams are too good. There are no slouches now. And especially with this game. I mean, there's a reason why the Bucks are an underdog in their own house. So, I think that the Cowboys offense will take advantage of good field position provided to them by the Cowboys D. And I think they get some easy scores. And that's too much for the Bucks offense to overcome when they have to try to come back. I get that Tom Brady is Tom Brady and he can he can he can do it, but he has to have the pieces around him to do that. Okay? He has to have the pieces around him to do that. He has to have uh the coaching available to do that. He has to have a, a lot of things working for him. People don't realize how many things were working in Tom Brady's favor when he was a Patriot. A defensive head coach that could man the defense even if they didn't have superstars, but they did have superstars on it on top of that. And he would always say on offense, he's working with nothing. Well, you know what? Yes, he actually was working with something because it's not about those house, those those wide receivers and those running backs being superstars. It was about can they beat the person in front of them? See, nobody ever thought about that. Who was Wes, Wes Walker facing? Who was lined up against him? Who was lined up against Randy Moss? Who was lined up against James White on that particular play? Who was lined up against them? At that time, did they beat the man in front of him that play? And Tom got him the ball. That's all that matters. It ain't don't it don't matter if they're in the Hall of Fame or not. So they want to say all the time Tom Brady was winning with nothing. No, he wasn't. But this game, he ain't got it. I I, I like, like I said, I like Godwin, I like Mike Evans, but that's not enough. It's not enough. And if you're not going to run the football game, or not going to run the football, you can forget it. You can pretty much forget it. It's a done deal. So, Cowboys D puts their offense in positions to get easy scores. And this is a wrap for the Cowboys. Picking the Cowboys to win on the road against the Buccaneers. And sad to say, that is it. That's all we got for this time, folks. Appreciate you all. For listening to Scout Team Sports, I am your host, DeValiant. We'll be back next week with the divisional round 
of the playoffs when we get into it. Of course, the podcast will probably be a little shorter because we'll be have less games to cover. But we're still going to have fun. We're still going to enjoy this. And I am still here for you. And I appreciate you being there for me as far as listening. Uh, again, this is Devaluing with Scout Team Sports. Believe until you stop breathing. appreciate all my subscribers. We'll see you next week for the divisional round of the playoffs. Enjoy the games this weekend. Have a great, safe weekend. Be blessed. Take care.